All right, bro. You you ready to podcast? I am ready to do a podcast. Coming to you live from the Southwestern Shake Bag Studio. Regular shit here. This is the number one mixtape program on the internet. Niggas pod day. Goddamn, that nigga is ready. I'm in this bitch. Never will I wish you a Halle Berry. I'm in this bitch. If he's jumping in my vagina, he doesn't care what my shoes look like. Okay. I mean, I, I think we're in a unique position. I'm in this bitch. We do pod, you know, we, we, we do pod completely close to, you know. Negro, you know, quit playing and come and get yourself in this better. You know, mid-level somewhere, you know, you got a better chance of bringing it all the way back up if you need to versus just going cold, cold, you know what I'm saying? Got to start your engines. And not only that, you're probably right, too, because we are like, welcome to the dip, 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 you know, yeah, I mean, and I still, I still get, I still get people who are surprised. Like y'all niggas are not in the same room, nah. Well, let's go ahead and fake it for one more week. You ready? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the Dipped in Butter program. Happy Friday. Good morning. Good evening. I'm strapping this energy right on as if it was not <laughs> a part of me. This is the number one mixtape podcast on the internet or program whichever one you like to use we're going to try to buy both of those properties so it is never wrong across from me is my guy though your guy though west with no t on instagram forever young 89 the motherfucking goddamn glue listen i am Mm. so excited to talk to my motherfucking friend what's Mm. going on bro um, you know me here. Uh, just finished reiterating that to my wife downstairs that I'm here for another week of auditioning to quit my job. Um, mm-hmm. You know the urge is getting closer and closer, so uh, gonna need something to happen here. And I, when I say closer, <laughs> I mean closer, just like I just said, um, not closer. Yeah, I mean. Um, <clears throat> but here with my guy across from me with the hottest takes in the United States, that is Cat. Okay, with two T's on the end of that thing. Catch my Cat and Crunch dot com. You could dip into the cereal shit. Um, or you can catch him. Where do we want to go this week? www.walmart.com backslash dipped in butter program. Um, food section though. Absolutely. It's definitely nothing in the food section for dipped in butter program. How strange, whatever. That seems to be a question that people ask all the time too. Is it, is it a food podcast? No, absolutely <laughs> not. We probably rarely talk about food on this motherfucker. Um, anywho, you can also go to youtube.com slash dipped in butter program where you'll find some of our shit. Um, but you can also catch my guy, um, most and more importantly, here every Friday on the Dividend Butter program or whichever day you decide you want to listen to podcasts in your life because um, they're there for you whenever you decide to go there. Um, my nigga and yours, what's popping? Hey, friend. Hey, uh, real life shit. I'm like, speaking about food, I, you made me laugh right there in the intro in a manner that I wasn't prepared for. So I'm pretty sure I spit Funyun on my microphone pop receiver. And I'm just trying to make sure it's not stuck in there for the I'm, rest of the I'm, show. I understand that. That's responsible. My, maintenance. Housekeeping, bro. Like, housekeeping. This is a real podcast. We talk about real shit if over you maintain here, it, If you maintain it while you go, you don't have to do a big clean. There, see what I'm saying, bro? We are kindred spirits. Bro. We are. I we thoroughly are, and, believe in that. 
do we need to start in on it? Well, I'll save the kindred spirit talk for late in the podcast. It's too early for that. Okay, well, make sure you write that down because oh, I already have three things to talk about this week. So <laughs> hold me down. But straight out the gate, let's 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 be responsible. Let's be uh uh, uh let's be careful with our platform and let's mm-hmm. say what we mean and mean what we say. So right out the gate, rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Yes? Yes, we'll say rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Yeah, I mean he's Paul he's a Mooney. legend in the culture. We can't legend not say in the that. culture. Uh, you know, not to keep doubling back on the same topics over and over again, but as my friend, and I consider the listenership our friends and family, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to go over this again because it seems like it keeps happening to me. I'm losing the entire cast of Bamboozle right in front of me. Right in front of your and eyes. And it sucks, bro. Like, it sucks. Like, now, you know me, Wes. I'm not one to front. I'm not going to come on here and tell y'all how I was on to Paul Mooney when he was a young man and used to wear fuzzy kangos. Like, I'm just not here for that. Right. I didn't know who bro was until the Chappelle show came out. Like, let's just keep it all the way funky. Keep it funky. But when I found out who he was, I was like, this crudgety old man is delightful. You know what I mean? So I always love to see Paul uh, Mooney come in, pause if necessary, especially considering what they tried to do to that man a few years back. But True. we're not here to talk about True. that because we don't True. do those things when people pass. <laughs> but I do want to just go ahead and say, you know, RIP to Paul Mooney, uh, 79 years. Is that long or short? A lot of people say ages like that <clears throat> is like, you lived a long life, rest up. And then some people be like, Man, so young, and I just be looking here at thirty nine years old. Like, please God, let me make it this <laughs> right, right, right. right. Like, um, if you could see the way I cough in the mornings, I just hope I make it to seventy nine, bro. Yeah, bro. I don't. I don't know. I do hear people say that all the time too. Like, ah, he was seventy, so young. Like, I mean, I can understand because it's what it's one of those things where you know, I guess life expect life expectancy has like um increased. In our lifetime, so people Has are, it? yeah, I think so. Um, I just feel like it's increased, but I could be wrong. I would I think, have to go to Google for this. I feel, I feel like wrong. it. I feel like it's increased overall. You know, maybe not specifically for our demographic, but like I feel <laughs> like overall, yeah, I mean the um the age, the life expectancy has has increased. So I think when people hear about seventy and people are living to like eighty two and eighty five and. Hell, I was on the. How old was this lady? I, man, I really want to say this lady was like 120 years old, fam. Like, That's <clears throat> or is it? She, she was. That in the was hosp- actually my next question. She me. was in the hospital getting MRIs, but like, I'm on the phone listening to everybody talking about her. They're like, nah, like she got good ass sense. Like she walked in here, she That's got on right. the table, like she did all of that shit. Like besides what she got going on today, like she cool for the most part. And I'm like, That's nuts. Like, damn, you, and you hear you hear about that more often now. People out here like living. Like, so, bro, you're a perfect podcaster. You might have inadvertently answered my question before I could even get it out to you, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, just okay. because you're, 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 shoot, you're batting a thousand. Fuck it. I'm also <laughs> ready to throw you a softball. Um, okay. I think it's easy to ask, for your preference, mm-hmm. how old is too old when it comes to living, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think me and my cousin have had this discussion some years and years and years back. Like, how long do you want to live? Like, I know my cousin, uh, Tone, he want to live to like 140 if he can. You know what I'm saying? And me personally, I kind of feel like, damn, bro, that's that's too old. Like, that's too much living. Like, I I don't know. I don't know. You're just asking me today at 39. I don't know that I want to be around that long for all of this shit. You know what I'm saying? But 
I guess if I'm 120 and I feel good, and like you said about old lady, like I still got my wits about me, my humor's still intact, I'm a still functioning member of society, like I'm not a burden on, on nobody. Right. Then I could see I I could see being 120, but I just don't again it's hard. this could be something I need to talk to the therapist about, but I just don't see my 120 being the healthiest 120. I, I mean, not I could, yeah. be dark, but I mean, I can understand that. But again, like that, that would probably be my answer to the question. Like, as long as I could take care of the major functions of myself, like I would still want to wipe my own ass. Like, I, yeah, I, I think like, I, I don't want to be know, a burden on nobody. Yeah, like so, I understand that. And like you say, if it's if it's what, but one, it sounds crazy. Like I'm 120 years old, and I just be out at the restaurants looking people in their eyes, like. <laughs> that gotta look, look crazy good. like imagine if you sitting in red lobster in the corner fam and you hear the birthday going on for the lady in the back room they like how old are you how old are you and that means yeah, so, it's a 120 like the endless shrimp can't even cover the amount of age i am bro yo and then listen she deserves everything free everywhere she goes. If I'm in Red Lobster and I have a quilted blanket over my knees, roll me out of there, fam. Just roll me out. And you know what? Listen, I just came across this as I was thinking in pie with my friend, right? Mm-hmm. I think the marker for me is if I am not coherent enough to be able to do this podcast, I'm too old. Because, like, I mean, it sounds funny, but, like, let's keep it all the way funky. We All we do is we click a few things on the computer. We might check and we talk cohesively to try to provide entertainment that it sounds easy, but it's complicated enough to where you have to have your wits about, you know, like we talk about it all the time. When we come on here, we have to have our wits about us to yeah. an extent like you can't be while I'm talking right now. Just be checked out. Like you have to fall asleep. Just. <laughs> you can't be not like you got to be thinking about what I'm saying. Think about what you want to say. Think about what we got to say later. Like, podcasting takes a certain amount of like checked in about you. So yeah, if yeah, I yeah. can't be checked in enough to do a podcast, then I'm probably not checked in enough to like drive my Lincoln to the corner store. Like, I, mean, I probably shouldn't be. And and that'd be some shit too. Like I, I'm a firm believer of, you know, once you get to a certain age, especially like 60, 65, 70, you probably need a driver's test every year. Cause... Do you think the, the elderly should retest? Every man, I'm every year, every other year at least, fam, because it'd be some old folks out here. You'd be like, how and why? Who in your family is not monitoring you to know that you probably shouldn't be out here driving a motor vehicle? Like, she has a one ton vehicle out here on the road with other people, like, and she can barely see over the steering wheel. That's scary. Well, let me make it too real for a second here, right? Like, my father-in-law, bless his heart, I love my father-in-law, great guy. Like, he's getting up there, you know what I mean? And not to put too much personal business out there, but, like, my father-in-law is a car guy, has Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. been a car guy. He's always owned multiple nice cars. That's his deal. It's always been his deal. So it's hard to tell him, even though his age and health is not doing the greatest right now, how the fuck you going to tell that man he can't have his keys? Like, bro, that's, he worked hard for them keys. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of get it. Like, even when he don't when he don't have his wits about him, I think it's easier to be like, hey, let me just go ahead and put the keys in the junk drawer right quick. But when he's got his wits about him, 
How the fuck are you gonna tell Billy D he can't have his keys, bro? But see, but that's 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 up to the people around you to evaluate that. Yeah, I mean, like if if he down bad, I don't got no issue with the keys being put up and him rummaging through the drawer, having an attitude for the rest of the day because you motherfuckers then took my keys. I I know that type of granddad. I he all he want to do is go get in his goddamn Cadillac. He just want to drive around. Drive. He don't want to go nowhere. He want to drive past the motherfucking uh the 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 Legion bar. He want to drive past the, the bar where the homies be at see if they there. all he want to do is look at where the cns used to be exactly or he want to oh, go man. meet his friends at the mcdonald's every morning like they do and you didn't hit his keys so now he upset but like you ain't doing too good right now granddad but like if you snap out of this shit in the next week or two like i don't give a fuck i i will hang the cadillac keys right back by the door for you to just walk out of here whenever you feel like it listen man, listen p-pop if you snap out of this i'll go get your your cleveland your cleveland brown sweatpants for you Take it, take your pick, the Cadillac or the Chrysler, bro. I'm not gonna hold you down. Listen, I know I'm old. When, when I go buy Cleveland Brown sweatpants, I already know it's a wrap for me. And I'm not even a Browns fan, but nah, I, I feel think... like you get a certain age and Cleveland Brown sweatpants just jump on you. See, I feel like it's okay if you go get the sweatpants. I feel like you might not have officially made it nowhere, but if you go get the whole set. Oh, the set. Because if you get the whole set, that means you literally got on the whole set. Not only do you have on sweatpants, you got on a jacket, you have on a t-shirt with the team on it, and a hat. You got to go all the way if you get in sweatsuit. Friendship test real quick right here on the air. Okay. Live. We did not rehearse this. <laughs> no. When I say Cleveland Brown sweatpants, in my mind, describe these pants to me. Oh, they're orange with the brown letters. Okay, moving on to the next subject because this nigga is my motherfucking friend. Uh, they're definitely orange with the brown letters. Speaking of they, old and niggas, they may bro, or may not have the helmet logo. I'm, they I'm, may or I'm, they might may have or a may, it, might ju- it might just say Browns in the brown letters, and you just got to know the fucking vibes. Could be a helmet, could be a bulldog. <laughs> just depends on whether you got them from Walmart or Shockenstein's. Moving hey. on to the next subject. Uh, so. Speaking of old niggas, I, I was kind of in my own head this week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I was re-listening to the J. Cole as much as possible. I've listened to it quite um, a few times as well. So I could probably, whatever sentiment you might be able to share, I'll probably... Well, I'm about to take a hard left, but we can still talk J. Cole if you yeah, want to. Yeah. Uh, I'm running out of gas on the J. Cole, to be honest with you. Okay. My final score for it after listening to it thoroughly was a 7.8 out of 10. Um. To me, that's high. I, that's high. I do reserve my albums. Like the most perfect of albums for me is going to be like a 9.8. So I think 7.8 is cool. Um, but I got to thinking about like the greats and the big three, as me and you put it, Cole, Drake, Kendrick. I got to thinking about the all-time greats where J. Cole might, you know, land and that kind of shit. And then I really took a hard left in my mind and started thinking about the top threes and the top twos. And then I got to thinking about Hope. Okay. Speaking of old men. Now, I often compliment Hove on how graciously he is aging. I think Hove is aging well. I'm even probably in a small percentage of niggas that really fuck with Hove's uh, freeform dreads. Like, I like freeform dread Hove. Have we ever talked about that? Do you I want think, him to go back to the I mean, low all even? I think we might have slightly mentioned... Um... Crazy, crazy dread hove. Um, I like Basquiat hove. Basquiat hove. There we go. That's what we'll call him. Um, I'm. I don't not like it on him. I think that's what you had said. Like him and Cam Newton are like two of those people where it's working for them right now. Um, so I'm not particularly mad at it. And I don't. I don't know if I could see hove with like clean dreads neither. Maybe he's like brainwashed me I, at this I point. I wouldn't want to see clean dread. Hove. I wouldn't want to see clean. He would I look crazy. Crazy dread hove. I want Basquiat dread. I think I'm going Basquiat dread hove for sure. Um. So yeah, I mean like. 
what I, I don't know what other I don't think I would want to see him in the low boy no more. I, the afro was cool with me, like his I'm working afro okay. shit just kind of out right. there, you know. And that's I think kind of how the dredge really started. He just let that shit go for a long time, and it was like here we are. Free form, yeah. Man. So I, I got to thinking about Hove, and I, I digress with the with the dreads thing. That's not where I was going here. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about Hove's like whole career as a whole, and really, really again, kind of trying to poke holes in whether or not I want him to overtake Pac in the number one spot for me personally, right? Okay. Then I started thinking about because you got to factor in the losses with the wins, and I started thinking about Hove's potential losses, not the normal ones we talk about all the time on here, like Kingdom Come. In my opinion. My opinion, but <laughs> I started thinking about like Hove missteps, and it brought me to one category of Hove that me and you have never discussed. I think, in retrospect, Jay Z's Collision Course album with Lincoln Park might be his most underrated misstep in his career. Niggas do not talk about him doing that. Project, I guess you can't even call it an album because it's a mashup. But whatever it is they called it and whatever it is they did, in retrospect, that is garbage. I mean, yeah, maybe I wasn't like fully tapped in when I came out, but I never understood it. Like, why Why did we do this? Why did we get this? Why did we because, do this? Because there wasn't even like even the, what, what did they do? Uh, 99 Problems, the the one mix. I can't I can't really remember, but I'll they know it if it comes They did. Yeah, I mean, they did, yeah, I mean, they did a few of them, but like, mm-hmm. there there just wasn't one on there that you was like, oh, yeah, nah, this shit kind of hitting. Like, I can actually fuck like, with this, this one. They was live on. Yeah, y'all literally, y'all, it was just literally mashups. Like, y'all could have had, like, I don't, y'all, y'all probably did have DJs do it. It was weird. Like, I just never understood it. It was a really weird moment. And I think, I think even Hove feels like it was weird. Like, we don't really see Jay Z chasing moments or chasing sales or chasing numbers too often. And I feel like that whole move was a chase because Linkin Park was really big at the time. Even though you, as Jay-Z, as the leader of hip-hop, he probably could have chose any band to do a project with. And I feel like he only picked Linkin Park because they were super popular. Linkin Park, it was never good. They were just popular. What do you? What Why do you can't think, he pick somebody good? What do you think he was trying to do with that though? Like, do you think he was crossover? trying to gain some crossover audience? That's crossover. what I'm like. Was it was, was, ulti- was it crossover. was it ultimately a bigger move though? Like, we see we see the type of moves that Hove Hove make and what they lead to. Like, did, do you think he potentially might have thought something along those lines more than just crossover as far as music? I think he thought maybe it was going to do what uh, the Hard Knock Life song did for him and put him in more living rooms. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he thought, if I do this like, little venture with Linkin Park, they seem like some okay white boys. If I do this, it's going to get me on more TVs, in more living rooms, so I can me, sell these products to these people. Let me ask you this. Do you know, uh, I mean, I don't know, this this might be relative, but like, do you know a lot of white Jay-Z fans? That's a good question. We've, I don't, I don't think in my own mind I have ever even thought about the. Percentage. I don't when when I think about Jay Z fans, mm. I don't think about white people. I don't. Like, I don't know if white people really fuck. Like I think I think in passing they understand his importance to the culture. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know too many white people that go off and listen to Reasonable Doubt on their own. Like no. I don't. I don't think. I don't think white people fuck with. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, bro. So like, what would that that but. I've heard enough stories from people who were first person from Jay-Z 
you know what I'm saying? Like how he gets down as far as like vibing with people and making music. Like he don't, he's made so many business moves. I still don't even particularly think he cares for the opinions or business of white people. Honestly. I was just about to say like, you know, you're uncovering things now. Yeah. I think, I think he's playing the game still, which is you have to play the game. You don't have no goddamn choice, but like, Again, when I think of Jay-Z and Jay-Z fan base and Jay-Z concert, like I'm thinking about when I went to the Jay-Z concert back in 09, like I don't recall really seeing the white people. I'm sure they were there. Real quick, speaking of playing the game, sidebar real quick, I don't want to lose our focus. I accidentally said that in a meeting with all of my like superiors and managers throughout the county at at work one time. Like We was doing like a team building thing and we was talking like personal shit and and. The wheel spun around to me, and I happened to mention that you know I understand how to play the game and smile and be nice. And wink, wink. I, looking around the room, they weren't really ah, feeling like, my honesty. Like, well, what are you talking about, cat? <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's kind of what I got. Like, well, Lamar's. <laughs> like, I was about okay, to, that was another. See, that's crazy. We're really don't like, want to talk, meet a We're talking. Truth, we're talking as friends right now. They don't call you cat at work, huh? Hell no, bro. Bro, it's that's. More- I'm tripping just now. Like Luis oh, is the only nigga in New Mexico that calls me cat, and because <laughs> no he knows me well enough. Shout out Luis, but that's yeah, crazy. bro. Niggas don't call me cat out here, bro. You gotta. That's a earn. That's a earner. You gotta that's get jumped earner. in. You gotta get jumped in for that. What if gotta, What if somebody out there listens to the podcast and walk up on you talking about what's up, cat? I'm gonna love it. That's hard okay. because right. you fuck with all me. Right. Like right. if you listen to the I pod guess. and you've been here, you can 100 percent call me. All right. I'm with all that right. all the way, all, right. all the way. All right, all the I'm way. just checking but, for. I'm just checking for the listeners. That's all. Yeah, back back to the whole white people thing, though. Yeah. You know what? As you was peeling back the onion, I was thinking to myself, like one of my closest white friends, closest white friends. We had him on here, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan respects hip hop. He has certain hip-hop artists he likes. Uh, me and him will sit and dissect Lupe Fiasco songs sometimes. Like, he has a genuine interest in hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Like, me and him was talking about the bass god last night through through text. Like, we was texting about a little bit of bass god last night. So, mm-hmm. he has his own unique, like, and I'm explaining this because you know how some people that might not be in the culture... They just attach themselves to whatever big names they hear on the radio, right? Like, right. they'll be in the backseat of your car, and a song will be playing, and they'll be like, who's this, Lil Wayne? And they just assume it's Lil Wayne every time, and it's never Lil Wayne. It's not Lil Wayne. Not Dylan. He he likes his own shit. He's into uh, Vince Staples, and you know what I mean? Okay. He likes what he likes. All right. He came clean with me one day out of nowhere. I don't even think we was talking about Ho, but I think Ho was just like on the TV or something, and he was like... Just don't like Jay Z. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah, you got to figure out why. Why? What the hove do it you, fu- bro? It fucked me up because if we being honest, and I think I think the listening audience will will feel me on this because we all have our own personal relationship with Jay Z. I like to think anybody in hip hop, anybody that enjoys hip hop to any kind of capacity, you got your own walk with Hove, <laughs> right? Like right, kind of like right, Jesus. Right. You got your <laughs> own walk with Hove. Like you might love him. He might be top five. You might be like, eh, I respect it, but I ain't never been my favorite. Whatever your walk is, Jay-Z affects you if you're in the culture in any capacity. But it's like when he said that he really don't like Jay-Z, I kind of like squinted up and I was like, well, why, bro? And he was like, I don't know. He just seems so secretive like he's got something to hide i was like whoa bro so what is it what is he hiding from you bud it, it, it took me it really took me bro like i i was i was taken aback 
Right. Like you, right. you hear that phrase and you don't really get to use it often, but you know when you were taken aback. You had to and lean I was back and put back. your hand on your chest. Oh. Yeah, because Hov might not be my favorite rapper all time. He's up there, but he's not my favorite. But I feel like us in the culture, I say that to say, we tend to be very protective of Jay-Z. Right. Is that is that fair to say? Like yeah. we watch his accomplishments, we watch what he does for the culture. We get mad at him too. Don't get it twisted. Like when he did the Super Bowl shit and was like, "Nigga, ain't we ain't performing in the Super Bowl? We taking a stand." And then that nigga was the first one in the office taking the deal. We was mad at Hove mm. a little bit. Like Hove will do some shit that will have us tight, but he ours to be mad at. Like you can't say nothing. We right. say something. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like that kind of figure. So I don't know. Like it. It didn't make me want to stop being friends with my friends or no shit like that, but it just kind of made me kind of be like, huh, I don't think all white people fuck with Hope. I think they just choose Eminem. <laughs> is, that, is that fair I to mean, say? I mean, I think, think they just I, choose Eminem. Nah, I think that's accurate as hell, but like, again, like, I mean, it's not really circling back around to Linkin Park shit, but like, it's making me think about what the move was because I don't, I'm thinking, I don't think no move Jay-Z has ever done has been to capture a white audience. You don't think he's ever done that on purpose? What? I disagree. I think the Lincoln Park thing, but I'm happy to disagree on this though because I could be wrong. But I think the Lincoln Park thing was a move. I think Lincoln Park was a move, and I think to a, I can't, I can't say Hard Knock Life the song. I was about to, but I would have been wrong. No, nah, I mean it's just a sample. He, he brought the, really. he, nah, he brought the suburbs to the hood. I give you that. I mean, he did. I mean, it I did think the Lincoln Park did, thing I just was don't... a move. I think it was a play. Yeah, but I, I mean, it has to be some type of play. Like, I just can't see it being. I mean, maybe it is to garner some of the white audience. You got to have some of the white people on your side, I guess. Because yeah. I mean, what else could it possibly? It, I'm sure that didn't help him like become president of Def Jam. I'm sure that didn't help him get any of the deals that he has right now. So, like, I would love to have an official white here to tell us, like, from speak on behalf of all whites. To say how they really we, feel about Hope because I do feel like they kind of like keep it hush hush how they yeah. really feel about Hope too. We need our correspondent on the phone. Since yeah, he, we need a correspondent. We, but we already know he's biased, so maybe we just need somebody who. Yeah, we, we already need, know. Where we need, where's Michael Rappaport? Oh my God, Jesus fucking Christ! So, uh, I, that was my only thoughts on the Hope thing, man. I want to bring that to you because I was like, I don't think me, me and Wes have ever talked about this. So, you know, there's that. Where, where we want to go from here, though. Um, where do we want to go from here? I have an interesting question that I feel like me and you have never spoken about. Um, and maybe you have, maybe you've thought about this. Maybe you've never thought about this. Um, but I just want to see where you at with it. Um, it's like a age old debate, I guess is what you could call it. Um, what do you believe came first, the chicken or the egg? Are we really doing this? We're absolutely, we have officially turned into talk radio like yeah, 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 officially, yeah we're officially uh shout out to the back of the bus podcast they had like a quick spat when i was watching them the other day about is water wet and they really like almost got <laughs> mad at each other and had to refocus <laughs> shout out to them though but like it was really funny to hear but like nah, we're doing it now this is, is us this wet. is who we are no fam this i i really only bring real life to the podcast like, yeah fuck it this is where we at bro and listen you my mans and wherever you say we go we going together yeah, so it. chicken or the egg let's do it uh <laughs> i i was about to answer quick and then i started thinking you start thinking see this is what i this is exactly why i ask fam because every time i ask somebody that always happens and like i have my answer my answer I'm, is already built i'm in. about to cheat i'm about to cheat 
Okay. okay. I'm going to cheat. Matter of fact, let me let me make this very clear. Answer and explanation, because it's easy okay. just to have an answer, but I need to know the logic and the theory behind your answer. Here's my, okay, I'm going to give you my cheat answer, and then I'm going to give you my real answer. My <laughs> cheating answer is, it has to be the chicken. Okay. The reason why it's a cheat answer is because God created the chicken. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring religion into this. God okay. created the chicken out of nowhere, out of dust. Safe. He created the chicken with, with a snap of the finger, and then he put everything within the chicken's body to recreate more chickens because God is magic. Now, if you're asking okay. my real answer, uh-huh. It has to be the egg because the egg has to materialize from atoms and cells and science and actual thought. So <laughs> I think the egg has to come first. I think the egg so has to a come chicken first. can even grow. I don't think anything in the universe just materializes. Like if you want to, if you want to believe God created the chicken, that's great. But I think you have to kind of say God created the chicken egg because God has to put the tools here for the <clears throat> earth to work question mark now this nigga got me talking about breakfast on now the i got podcast. you talking this series talk hey, I, I got you talking in circles and this is what i'm saying like so my my answer this is high thoughts right this came from the lounge yeah did you yeah, bring yeah, this yeah. here from the lounge i'm sure um my answer is the chicken the chicken comes first okay um and i say the chicken has to come first because you cannot get the egg without the chicken the egg got to come from somewhere. The egg has to come from the chicken. Like, so the chicken has to come first. And I even told this to my wife the other day. I was like, and I used that at one point in time in my life on a chick. You know what I'm saying? I had, you know, when I met her mama, you know what I'm saying? I had to, you know, let her know like, hey, you let me know, you know what I'm saying? That the chicken came first because the chicken got to have the egg and that's your, seed. that's your seed right there. And you know. It worked for me at that point in time. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. It was a lot more smoother than that, but I've been off the court for a while, so I don't remember that play any longer, but it it definitely worked for me. But that's, I mean, again, like I'd be needing to know where people's brains be at about, because even still, like the theory still applies if you think the egg came first or what, God just snapped his finger and whipped up an egg out of dust. This is what I'm saying. And then like call me an idiot, but I wasn't raised on a farm. Don't somebody got to sit on the eggs? Like don't something got to happen in order for like- it's treatment. It, yeah, you don't. You can't just like pop an egg out and then one day it's just gonna become a chicken. Like, nah, because now now I'm being real stupid. Like now I'm extra high thinking about like if because all eggs don't turn into chickens. Some eggs just be eggs. Cause. Some eggs just be eggs. Like so the, again, I didn't. Bro, grow, if I don't y'all know. could see the way Wes is looking at me <laughs> with, with, with full on intensity, like what, bro? Why you gotta bring the podcast your high shit, bro? I'm not, <laughs> fam. This real is a professional show. No, this is a real philosophical question. I be needing to know where people's brains. Are. If anybody else wants to answer this, please, y'all know how to get in touch with me, like, because this is for sure. Because I heard so much about the goddamn uh, twin, the children of twins being goddamn siblings. Please now reach out to me that. about the goddamn chicken or the egg. I need yeah, to the, know how the, you the feel. The stress in your eyes is just concerning for me, bro. Like we're a partnership. It's a fifty-fifty company, and if you stressed i'm stressed and i just feel like you're stressed nah man i'm all right i just be needing answers okay i I got it either or for you and i had this so far down my list i was like we probably gonna get to this but since you cracked the egg and opened (laughs) it up here we are i got it either or and i actually wrote this down it just so happens that this matches right here Mm -hmm. i need to know from you which one of these two activities is more fake tough okay which activity is more fake tough? High school wrestling 
or karate class. Which one of these two activities is going to make you less scared of the nigga that's trying to threaten you with their set of skills? <laughs> like, if I got a brown belt and I'm like lifting my knees and and karateing my hands and approaching you, are you more scared of me or a nigga in a leotard onesie spandex with earmuffs on um, trying to grapple you down? I don't. I don't want to disrespect the martial arts community or now nah, we here, right? bro. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't want to disrespect them or nothing because that shit is a, uh, it's an art. It's um, not fake. It is, it's not fake. It is a skill. You can apply those uh, moves in real life. Um, and let me say, I think a lot of it is an intimidation factor because that's not people's go-to f- fight form out well, in like the street. Yeah, the, the karate, the jujitsu, all of that shit. The, the, the karate stance is not like, if you got a problem with a nigga out in the streets, the first thing he go to is not a karate stance. And even if he do, any real nigga is going it, to, it, depending on how it look, if it look like it's coming from a legit nigga, you might like halt yourself a little bit. Like this nigga might really know. Especially, you know, a nigga gets slapping his knees and doing some crazy shit. You might be like, I don't really know if I want to fuck with cuz. Cause or, he you might, have, or at least you might read, like you might rethink your approach. Like, okay, yeah, maybe I want to pick something up. He, like this he might got some weird issues. Or you might run into the nigga who does the stance, but he got on echo jeans and mm, an anime button up shirt. And you be like, with him. come on fam. Like I still smack the shit out of you. That's not I working. So I, I believe somewhere there's an intimidation factor. If you can do it right. However, amongst many of the fights that I've seen on the internet and in real life, I have never once in my life seen a nigga go to his martial arts or his karate or none of that. It it just don't seem I don't, don't want to say it don't work, work in real life because again, I'm sure there are people who are who are disciplined enough to snap right into that shit and get you together. You just don't see it so often. And maybe that's a testament to people who know that shit. If you got if you got break a stance out on the nigga, have no problems. It's not even gonna be an altercation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anytime that's ever happened to somebody in real life. They didn't know they was dealing with a karate man and you swung on karate man and karate man just used your momentum to flip you over your own car. And then the whole altercation was over. Like, I feel like when you feel yourself lose control of your body and the next thing you know, you're looking up and he's helping you up. <laughs> then I think the situation is automatically diffused. No, God, I'm, sure, like I'm sure that changes stance. Like it's one of those, like what happened? Like, I don't even know how I got down here. Yeah, because like, like once the nigga that like did you in starts helping you up, you immediately start telling him like, bro, there's plenty of other parking spots. I don't even know what you were so mad about. Like you start explaining, I feel like. Yeah, fam. I mean, and but but again, like I that's just not that's not the go-to that you see out there. Like I'm just trying to think about right like if I seen a nigga go to it, like it's probably not going that probably made me wave you off. Like, oh, yeah, mm. you tripping. Like, you not. Because that, that's not, that's <laughs> not, not regular. Yeah, that's not regular, fam. And I don't I don't got time for that probably no day. Like, you probably got to catch me on an extra bad day to do that. And get, it's just going to get me hyped. Like, oh, yeah, you was the nigga I've been waiting on today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you was the one. I needed you. So, so you, 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 you giving a lot of respect to karate, man. And I have no issue with that. I kind of even want to walk back now that we're talking about it, how I was talking about karate mans. Respect to karate mans out there, but <laughs> I ain't hearing a whole lot of respect for you coming from the high school wrestler, dog. You want to talk this out? Nah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if you're a high school wrestler, wrestler, I feel like you are more equipped to to have a scuffle with a nigga. 
Like, I feel like you're more equipped. Like, if to, it turns into a grapple, like, y'all ain't going to just both fall down. Like, I'm I mean, that's definitely, I mean, so, I mean, if we if we keep it 1,000, that is, like, probably a 90, 95% white boy sport. And you know that's white boys go to. White boys just like to put their head down and try and rush you. And all you got to do or, is dunk. Or niggas in high school that eat school lunch instead of going to Wendy's like they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, right, right, right. So, all you got to do is Donkey Kong them dudes, and they do shit like that. But, like, I feel like even there, it's more... The, the the wrestling is more like combative versus the karate, which is more defensive. Because oh, that's what okay. they teach you. And okay. They teach you know karate ain't for you to just go in there and be whooping off on a nigga ass like chop, five, chop. Nah, you you, be again, your piece. Because that's where the whole your whole momentum take come from. Like you swung on me, I ain't do nothing but grabbed your arm and threw you the same way that you was going. You just happened to tumble over and hit your head, fam. Like I ain't do nothing to you, but I learned how that. to do that in my karate class. Like. Mm. more defensive versus aggressive which wrestling you they trying to get niggas out of a square circle so so solve a debate for me real quick and we won't go too far into this because the backstory would just take too long to explain but the people listening to this know what i'm talking about when you was in high school how much like talk to me about the tier of respect you had for people on the wrestling squad like did you feel like they were the jocks did you feel like then was the nigga to fear? Like, did you get out of the way when they was walking down the hallway? Did you laugh at them? Like, tell me what your thought process was when you saw the wrestling team come through with their jackets. Like, in uh, never knew a soul on the wrestling team. If you I never did, knew anybody, on not the team. anybody on the wrestling team. I, I think I knew but one. Y'all had like, a team though, yeah. Yeah, I think I knew one like skinny, skinny kid that was on the wrestling squad, and he was one of those. He'd been like wrestling since he was a jit. So like, it he worked. would wrestle you if there wasn't no team. Like he was it, that guy. That's what I'm saying. He was that kind of guy. Like so, I but like hell, fucking no. Like I don't. Y'all wrestlers got to do too much to be seen. Like I feel like the one dude might have been. A, I can't remember if he was on the football or the wrestling squad. <laughs> the wrestling squad. <laughs> <laughs> the wrestling squad. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the wrestling squad. I didn't even mean to do that. That's so funny though. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't know, but I felt like he kept his letterman jacket on all the time to like make himself seem that way, but nobody yeah. moved out of his fucking way. He looked like he looked like one of those he's got a he's got a flag and a Trump sticker on his truck right now. Oh, for Still, sure he had a big absolutely. flag. Absolutely. Absolutely. He looks like right. he he's got like Mitt Romney face. That's what I <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, so speaking of wanting to fight, I do want to talk to you about this. And I feel like you might not know about this, but if you do, even better. I don't plan on speaking too much about it, but I just thought it was weird. Like, weird shit. Let me just say this. Weird shit is going on in the news this week, bro. Like, it is a weird... The energy is really weird this week. Mm-hmm. In podcasting, in pop culture, in sports, like, the energy is just wild weird this week. So let's start here. Kwame Brown, bro. You heard what's going on with Kwame Brown? Cat, I swear to God, I was like, I don't even know if Cat's going to want to talk about any of this going. I don't I know, know if you, I didn't know if you were keeping up. I didn't up. know if I wanted to talk about it. I didn't know if you was keeping up or had seen anything about this. I didn't send nothing your way on purpose. I was like, if he see it, he see it. If we get here, we get here. But yes, I've almost seen everything Kwame Brown has done over the last week. Not on purpose. Just real either. quick. Just real quick, let me get a listener's the rundown. <laughs> For those of y'all that don't know, because y'all only listen to us, and this is not a basket sports podcast, as we've been telling y'all for over a year now, but mm-hmm. Kwame Brown, 
was drafted number one overall at 17 years old to the Michael Jordan, uh, to the Michael Jordan starring Washington Wizards. So that'll tell you a little bit about the NBA that he came into. Like he came into the NBA when Michael Jordan was a wizard at 17 years old as a number one pick. Like he's this guy. Now, this guy. well, you might be saying to yourself, if you're not a basket sports fan, well, how come I've never heard of this guy if he was drafted by goddamn Michael Jordan? Well, because he's just been widely known as a bust. <laughs> and this guy resurfaced on the internet uh, this past week for God knows why. I think because maybe somebody sent for him, like somebody was on ESPN talking about how trash he was. I think maybe Stephen A. Smith or one of the All the Smoke niggas talked about him or whatever. Somebody brought his name up and they said Candyman one too many times. And this nigga is mad. Like I wrote down out. the list of people he's mad at. Listen to these names, y'all. This dude has publicly cussed out the likes of Stephen A. Smith, Rachel Nichols, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson of Malice at the Palace fame. This nigga is known for jumping in stances with Ron Artest and punching fans. Stephen Jackson, Gilbert Arenas, who brought a gun to the locker room. (laughs) This nigga, this is the nigga that lost his NBA stardom to pulling out a gun over a game of Tunk. And Jamel Hill, bro, like, you got beef yeah, with Jamel Yeah, I seen Jamel that. That was Hill. crazy. Hey, like, he seemed like one of them country retard-ass niggas in these videos. Sorry. He look like he don't think good. Yeah, fam, like, and I, like, he looked so crazy. I had to look in the one joint. Like, is he drinking an energy drink or a beer? Like, he, I, I don't know. He might be extra turned. Like, and again, I like how you put it. They done said Candyman one too many times. And now this nigga is outside wreaking havoc. And he got half of y'all looking, you know, a certain type of way. But besides, besides the fighters, Matt right. Barnes and Steven Jackson are outside. Like, And this have- is kind of like the beauty of living in a time when everybody has a cell phone and everybody has a YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Because just think, bro, if this was 2004 and niggas have flip phones, we might not have never got this. We might not have never known anything about this. And I seen fucking um, Steven Jackson didn't say anything about it, I don't think. But Matt Barnes, of course, invited him to the All the Smoke podcast. For sure. And he was like, you know, of course, you know, we can we can have our fight. We can do whatever we need to do and then sit down and, you know, have to join. And I believe that. I think that would be, that would be you something gotta to You got to believe it because they had Kobe on before Kobe Yo. passed. And Matt Barnes and Kobe had issues. Absolutely. But like, uh, Triller, I don't know if you're listening. You could probably cancel the Floyd Mayweather fight. I would probably... I'd rather watch watch this Matt Barnes, Kwame Brown fight. Can you imagine two six foot eight ass niggas swinging their long? It would look great. Like I want Snoop Dogg yelling with a tank top on, and let them fight for real. Like make that shit look like the back room closet somewhere, fam, and let these niggas fight it out in there and get their motherfucking issues out. But like, I think that would be uh, some dope content that for them to talk that shit out on the podcast if they could. And maybe like, do you think you would be able to do that? Like, are you saying if, if somebody came on our show that we clearly had beef in like yeah. talking podcast? Absolutely. I actually, you know what? You know what's so crazy? You, uh, you know, I'm the guy that imagines with a for car crashes through the living room. <laughs> yeah, I've already been preparing myself for it. Like, I ain't gonna nice. lie to you, bro. Like, nice. we come on this motherfucking talk shit for an hour and a half. Yeah, every week every for week. over a year. This is episode Un- what? unedited, eighty-seven, unedited. We, we don't ninety minutes straight. <laughs> I'm already ready for like, bro. 
on the lowest of keys, I already know some people are mad at me for some of my takes. Like, not like mad at you, like, oh, okay, I'm going to get on the show and tell you how you're wrong about Kanye West. Like, no, like, I I am sure that there are niggas legit <laughs> mad at so me and want to mad, see man. me in person over this show already. So I anticipate it. Like, I, I do feel like as a podcaster and somebody that takes this very seriously, like, I think it would be tri- like. I don't think anybody should listen to a podcaster unless they're ready to talk that shit at all times. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if we was the kind of show that just would sit here and just bask in our own opinions and just be in a circle jerk, for lack of better terms, and not be willing to be confronted on our wrongs or even just giving pushback from somebody that might just want to come on here and tell us why they disagree with us. I invited, like, I cannot wait for the day that somebody comes on here that fucks with us and thinks it's important enough to give it our their time and sit here and tell us why we wrong about some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm with hey, it. Hey, listen I'm here. If you if you if you believe you can match the quality, or even if you again, I urge you send send the voice note in, send your opinion in, send it yeah. send it send it personally, send it to the email, however you want to send it. I will put this. I will put that in the show, and we will address that. I promise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like, I, 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 I fool with shit like wrong. that. I, I like being wrong, to be honest with you. Like, anytime I can come on here and me and you disagree about a topic, topic like, I bask in it. I'm like, yes, here we go. Like, yeah, I look forward even, to when we can disagree. I, I, right. And I, you know, I guess I've just grown to a place of, you know, agreeing to disagree and respecting the process for real, for real. Like, you allowed to feel how you want to feel. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've, I don't know the last person I t- told they was wrong for their opinion. I've done that. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't remember. I mean, it might have been. The, it might have been the, the the siblings of the twin shit. Like, no, you're fucking wrong because that's stupid. But yeah, yeah. Even I'm still speaking open. Of, I'm still open to being wrong. Speaking of wrong, uh, wrong for their opinion. I think you've walked us right into our next topic, bro. Mm-hmm. You are you're on fire this week, bro. I mean, I'm I, I audition once a week to quit <laughs> to my quit motherfucking job. Have you heard? the clips of Mano and B-Dot. You're on fire. You're talking about me. <laughs> you, stuff that I just didn't even write down. Like, I don't even know if we're going to discuss, I don't even know if this is important enough, but well, yes, it fits I saw perfectly this. right here, it does. right? No, it does. It does. So those of y'all that don't know, uh, Mano, I would say rapper Mano, but I'm not trying to be funny because I fuck with Mano, but nobody really knows Mano as a rapper. I, I think we all know Mano as Mano. And I those of y'all that don't know Mano as Mano, Mano is the guy that shot Tupac in the All Eyes on Me movie. That's the best <laughs> thing. That's the best thing I can give you. Listen, I'm not being funny because Mano might be on this show one day. <laughs> Mano, you killed that, bro. Like, listen, you killed the that. All Eyes on Me movie <laughs> is trash. But you shooting Tupac, like, I love that scene because that nigga looked like he really shot Tupac. He did like, five-star scene. He, he was yelling and spitting and shit when he shot Tupac in the elevator. Like, he sold me that he shot Tupac. <laughs> he did a fantastic job. But anyway. Played Mano a real authentic role a, there. Yeah, he was sitting down with a friend of his, B-Dot, who is, he does like what we do. We critique yeah. and podcast, and he is mm-hmm. an influencer. And they seem to have some history and know each other, so they were sitting down chopping it up. And apparently... Mano took issue with some of the takes B-Doc had about his music. Like, B-Doc apparently was very candid in saying, I don't like a lot of your shit or some of your shit or some mm-hmm. of your shit is trash. And mm-hmm. Mano was basically telling me, like, fam, you can't do that. Like, you can't sit here to me and tell me my shit is whack. Like, 
don't say nothing like or or something like do do it different or do it better like Mano was not feeling how B dot was being very uh forthcoming with his opinions his mm-hmm. negative opinions mm-hmm. and me and you kind of been dibbling and dabbling with this for like months because we right. are kind of the pod gods like we be we be fathering some of this shit sometimes like we okay. talked about this months ago and we talked about it recently about absolutely remember when i came on here and i asked you and i said hey man i'm actually kind of in the air about this like is it my place to tell somebody if their shit is whack you know what I'm saying? And you told me even in that moment, like, Kata really just kind of ain't in your place. Like, leave him alone. Like, it ain't for you to say. If you don't fuck with it, just don't fuck with it. It ain't for you to say. And I'm trying to kick you the whole, well, I'm a podcaster. And I want to make sure I'm being honest when I'm on my show. And you're like, well, you can just talk about something else. Seeing this exchange amongst two friends, very similar to what me and you talked about, like, how do you feel about that still to this day? Has your opinion changed in any way? Well, see, my thing is, it's levels to this shit. And, like, sure. if if the homie is shooting you links, talk about some check this out, let me know what you think, and i tell you Direct. what I think. Yeah, you've in, you've invited that type of energy, so I can't necessarily be mad at that. Um, you know what I'm saying? There's there's always a way to, you know, give a, a constructive and a positive critique even about something that you don't necessarily fuck with. Um, but in the, in the main OB dot case, I guess... I guess I'm trying to think about what the situation would be if, you know, that is my job. You know, I'm out here critiquing music and situations and stuff in the culture. And somebody particularly asked me about somebody who I consider my friend's album. Like, I'm just going to give you an honest critique. Um, And I think, you know, not even trying to be PC or none of that shit. It just come down to a respect factor. Like, there's a respectful way to say, you know what I'm saying? I don't. It's, I can come on here again. I've never listened to a whole Mano album, and that's probably how I would start my critique. Like, what you think about the Mano album? Never listened to a whole album. The piece that I heard might have sounded okay, and that's probably the best that I can give you. Like, but I'm 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 hard pressed to you know kind of stay away from the word trash because you know like I heard you know Ishan them saying like there's so many other words that you can say besides trash because but saying trash is so fun it is but trash is one of those like I'm just being honest with you like, tra- I'm not trying to be that Nick you know what I mean not tra- like, but like trash so trash trash comes with like a fighting energy for real for real like man your shit is trash you gotta you gotta back up calling a nigga shit trash if a nigga won't put the hands on you after that like okay. you can go in there and be like yo fam like I don't really fuck with the mix quality like you ain't really saying nothing for me like the beats is trash like you call it beats trash i'm with calling the beats trash but why there's a producer that made that though like how is that different but he should have known that and that's really still a knock on him huh. like not even a producer your homie like fam this beat oh, is trash why did you even pick this yeah like why did you pick like what did you like about this beat like and, and again that's not to say the whole because it even being a nigga who make music it would be hard for me to think that you could make five seven nine ten songs and all of them be terrible like you mean to tell me you mean to tell me you made 10 songs and all of them there's not one that i could you know be like well shit you know if if you did this or did that like i could really rock with this but like i fuck with it like if you do that fam you should probably just stop like well see that's the thing though like if you get into a place where you'd have made nine ten songs and you get into a place where you made nine ten songs or whatever and, they, and ain't none of them hitting well, who's going to tell you, like, who's going to tell you, like, hey, fam, slow up, like. Well, who's who's rocking with them is what I really need. Who's encouraging you that you want to kiss it just you? we live in a time you? where it's so easy to do. You don't got to have a single fan at all 
to be just pumping trash out now. You said don't use trash. Pumping out lackluster <laughs> art. <laughs> this is so much funner to say trash. I mean, you 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 right, but that do, I mean, if that if that's what that nigga wants, like the again, try, not trying to be so specific, but if that's what he wants to do with his spare time, cool, bro. But you can't tell me you're trying to garner fans off of this. That's where we just disagree, and mm-hmm. I think that's what I said at the end too, like. Bro, you can you can you can get better. The same thing like I told you about the one homie I was first introduced to. I didn't like it. I love it now. Like it's grown on me. He's gotten better. I you know I don't know what happened in between, but I like it now. So you don't always have to be trash. But it's like you can't be. Almost everybody who you talk to will tell you their first song never came out. Oh, that's a fact. That's you know what I'm saying. My first song never came out, and like this nigga made a song on his phone and put it out. Like, <laughs> like, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 you can tell even like Jay-Z and them who would tell you just do that shit and be like, nigga, what? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, nah, that, I ain't mean do it like that, fam. That's not, that's not, that's not the level. Like, you say to yourself in the shower, you don't Yeah, you got to figure this shit out. Like, rehearse, like, you just did it right off the phone. Like, uh, I probably ain't gonna listen to that. There's another troubling piece to this puzzle for me, though, that I want to talk with you about. It's like, okay, if somebody is putting out poor art and it's just... It's not objective. Art is objective. But this is not objectively bad. This is clearly bad. You know what I'm saying? And maybe they have a support group around them that's telling them this is good or encouraging it. And I just feel like that that can potentially stunt someone's growth. Like if if if, if your circle's not keeping it real with you and saying, hey, man, you're not growing or, hey, you can do better than this. Is it your circle's fault if you fail or if you fall flat on your face? Because, okay, even if you're just putting your shit out there on social media or just for fun, right? Once you submit art into the universe, it is there to be judged, correct? Like, even if I didn't send it to you directly in your DMs, like, once I put art out there, whether it be rap, R&B, spray painting, like, art is there to be consumed, judged, criticized, all of that shit. So once you submit it, especially with the internet, like once you upload that shit, it's there for people to say, I love it or hate it. You know what I'm saying? So I I just, I think I personally kind of take issue with people that only want the praise. And you know what? Fuck it. I'll take it a step further. This ain't just music or hip hop or niggas that I might think is trash. We put our podcasts out there every week. If a nigga want to send us an email and be like, y'all niggas is butt. Y'all ain't never going nowhere. (laughs) I can't be mad at them because we upload this every week. You know what I'm saying? Like we put this massively out on the internet. So anybody could come across the Dipped in Butter program and be like, these niggas really think they be podding, huh? Right. You know what I'm saying? And they got every right to. I would never be mad if a nigga came and was like, y'all show weak as fuck, bro. Y'all don't be talking about nothing. Nah, but it would get your because I know me and you would get your wheels turning about, you know, okay, well, what do you think is wrong? Yeah, Why? Like let's try. Go with it like yeah, this. let me try and make this shit better. Not not a nigga telling you your shit is trash and you just like fucking I'm just gonna I'm keep making him the to same. The yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just gonna keep making the same amount of trash. Like again, it's levels to this shit, man, for real, for real. And you know, again, you gotta put the time in, you gotta put the work in. I'm I'm just not uh, there's there's other things that you can say, you know, beyond beyond trash. And, you know, again, you know, if, if you consider yourself a part of the circle, you can absolutely tell, you know, your homie the truth. And that, again, that's that makes a difference, too. If, if this nigga's a part of your circle, like, absolutely tell this nigga, fam, like, you can do better, G. Like, this ain't it. And if you're not going to do no better, you should probably quit. And that's just from a 
anything you want to do in life, nigga. If you want to be a, a fucking manager, bro, like you should always be trying to get better. You not should just yeah. be trying to get in the At door anything. and just be the At same anything. way you got when you came in the door. So like, if you're not getting better, bro, stop doing it. That's a fact. Period. I, I just really felt like Mano was being Mano. You know what I'm saying? So he was very he was. fiery in the way he was talking to B Dot about his opinion, and I just kind of was like. I like that B Dot kind of stood his ground on it and you know handled himself in a mature way. I think they but both like that mature. also. Did yeah, that also, especially for you know somebody in B Dot's position, like fam, you this this is my job, fam. You almost trying to compromise my credibility yeah, yeah, yeah. by telling me I'm not supposed to, you know. Like, and again, don't. That's don't, how Benzino got five mics in the source. Yeah, like don't don't. <laughs> Don't put it at the top of your agenda list to come in here and tear me down if you if you consider we friends. You know what I'm saying? Like don't don't be my homie and you know put me at the top of your topic list to come give my album no stars, like no mics or none of that shit. Like, yeah, I'm gonna feel some type of way about that. But like if it come across a topic again, as you know, for somebody at Mano's level, I would think it would be hard for him to produce 12, 15 terrible songs to where somebody would be like, now, I could probably absolutely imagine there being some songs in there, just like B-Dot said, you probably should have stayed away from that. Like, I can imagine Mano doing some shit like that, but that's an honest critique. Like, don't don't be mad just because I have to say this in other places before I get to say it to you, because then that would be the difference. You know, don't... I say it on this platform, and I come to you and be like, "Oh, fam, you know, blah, you know, nah, that's a difference." But like, now nah, I'm telling you too, G. Like, and I hate that motherfuckers in the industry get to acting like that. That I'm supposed to call you before I like it. Don't particularly work like that again, because yeah. that goes to the whole. You put your art out, you submitted your art to the world, and part of that is submitting your art to the world for critique, fam. So like, again, if somebody asks me about it, when I'm just supposed to be like, "Oh, that's my man's. I ain't gonna speak on that." Yeah, that yeah. says enough right well, there. Nah, fire. I ain't heard it. It's fire though. That says enough right there. Even if somebody asks you a question, how you feel about Mano's album? Oh no, nah, that's my man's. I don't even really want to talk about that. Why can't you just say it's fire? You know that might be a whole. Why can't you just say it's fire if it's fire? I mean, you don't think it's fire, like. Yeah. And then you still gonna be wanting to call and, and scream on B dot fam. So it's a it's a lose lose. Yeah, see, I never want to be compromised in that yeah, way. It's like, a lose, I never want to be like, on here like watching what I say every five minutes. Oh, I can't yeah, that, I mean. Man. Again, every everything is a conversation. You know what I'm saying? You can always spout off on the internet or, you know, wherever you want to spout off at about some shit, how you feeling emotionally, but like shit. A- analyze, evaluate, see what the fuck really going on. Like you might you might be missing an opportunity somewhere. For sure. So are we gonna take this opportunity to talk about spouting off and square up with your mans, bro? I mean, we can. If we want to so, okay. go here again, we want to do it again. Well, we—I I feel like we have to in some capacity because so much has happened since our last episode. I'm, try, I'm trying to give them sixty minutes, y'all. <laughs> I'm trying to give so y'all a whole sixty. Since our last episode. Let, let's just say this, okay? Because I, I honestly, consciously don't be want to beat our listeners over the head with Joe Button podcast news. But what transpired in the last seven days, I think, <sighs> is just such a general conversation to have that it don't mm-hmm. really got to be about the Joe button network or Joe button in particular. Like we can keep this very general because a lot of general shit been happening this week. You know what I mean? So for those of y'all that may not keep up, uh, you know, as we spoke about it last week, Joe fired Rory and Maul on the air. Wes spoke a lot of his piece and I really wanted to let my man's rock. Cause not only did he introduce me to the show, but I feel like, Wes kind of got a lot more insight. You know, you know them brothers a little bit more personally. <laughs> but I felt some ways that I kind of kept to myself. But I think this week, I think I'm ready to voice some of my opinions. But he he, he fired Rory and Maul on the air. I felt he was being very disrespectful in the way he talked about them. 
for with sure. them brothers not around. Uh, that Sunday, Rory and Maul, under uh, you know their own name or Vimo channel or whatever, put out an hour's worth of explanation as to where they were coming from and where Joe was wrong. And as I was watching it, I was like screaming with my earbuds on, like, this makes so much fucking sense. Like, I found myself going from, I don't know about Joe, man. Kind of weird. I don't like how you're talking to people he could call his friends to, fam, this nigga is nutty. Like, yeah, and I, I never want to be so one sided, right? Because we only know what they tell us. Right. Right. Like, there's no way us as listeners are going to get the whole 100% of the story. But once I got Joe's side, and I got Rory and Maul's side. What I deduced <laughs> was that Joe is tripping. Now, again, people going to tell their sides. There's his side, her side, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. But I just feel like the truth is a little left to center. <laughs> so uh, to keep things short, you know, Rory and Maul basically were saying a lot of people was giving them shit about, like, y'all niggas as employees. Y'all getting paid a bit more than fair wage. What y'all complaining about? What is y'all niggas doing? Et cetera, et cetera. Come to find out, Rory and Maul are percentage owners of the Joe Button Podcast, and they're paid based on a percentage take of what the Joe Button Podcast makes. And to me, the fact that Joe Button was not more forthcoming with the numbers mm-hmm. to me says a lot because if I'm based on a two percent, I get I make two percent of what this whole faction makes if i ask you for the numbers and you being funny about showing them to me well that's like your job not wanting to give you your pay stub and we all know your job has to give you your pay stub so homies or not like i just feel like and and i kind of get where joe's coming from like i think he wanted his friends to trust him more um you know i think being the fact that he is very adamant about saying that he paid them more than what was fair in the marketplace. So he just wanted them to, I don't want to say the word blindly trust because it will come across a way, but like, I think he just wanted them to just trust him. And when I'm like, bro, if I'm supposed to make 2% of everything that comes through this motherfucker, I'm going to want to see numbers kind of often just, and, and to me, that doesn't say I don't trust you. I just want to make sure like, that's how I plan my life. You know what I'm saying? I can project better if I got the numbers. Like, how I'm going to know if I can move from Harlem to L.A. if I can't look at my numbers on a regular basis and see what my trajectory is? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I say that to say, this is the part that I wanted to come on here and say last week that I just kind of didn't say because mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of information. I feel like I have more. But... This is kind of how I feel, Wes. I want to talk to you because me and you have been kind of on this journey with them guys for some Mm -hmm. years now. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like I came in listening to the Joe Budden podcast, as most listeners did, came in thinking Joe Budden is an angry, yelling hater, and I'm really just here to watch the car crash. Well, somewhere over the years, he turned me over, and I got to a place where, like, listening to him twice a week for years and years and years, I'm like, Yo, this might be the most misunderstood nigga in media. Like, everybody thinks he's just this hating ass fuck up that's explosive and ruins every check everywhere he goes and he just does bad business. And I think I've even said out loud to some people, like, Joe is just misunderstood. Like, if y'all would let the man talk and stop just assuming things about him, you might find that Joe is a very likable guy. And I have been riding this for years until this week came. And now I'm like, <sighs> 
everything them niggas was saying is true, bro. Like he now, okay. Now I'm not saying that he's just wrong about everything because I don't think he's wrong about everything, but he's wrong about enough that is in his corner as his responsibility to where I think you can put fault on him as the owner of this show and company to where he didn't run that shit right. And not only did he not run it right, his response to making a mistake in not running it right was as poor as poor could be. Like, okay, I understand niggas is prideful, niggas getting it. I've done it myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, when they're told you're wrong, doesn't immediately go, well, how can I make it right? How can I right, be better? Right, Sometimes right. you're offended when a motherfucker tell you you're fucking up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. We human. That happens. But fam, he just was so wrong, Wes. Like, he just was so wrong. Like, you can't scream, Rory, you came to the hospital when my son was born. Nigga, I ain't ask you to come to the hospital. Like, bro, I would never say that to somebody I call a friend. Are you crazy? And make a nigga reevaluate everything. Every, this ain't even about money for me no more. Yeah, like, nah. bro, if I was there when your child was born, we're obviously a different level of friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was at the hospital. And I don't give a fuck if you called me or not. I saw it important enough in my life to show up to that because I felt like I should be there. Fam, for you to say I didn't ask you to be there. And then he tried to walk it back on the show. That's what I'm saying. That ain't how I meant it. I'm just saying I don't be asking. Bro, no. You don't get to do that, bro. Like, you know how that sounds. Stop doing that. I hate it when he does that. Yeah, so... uh... Again, not to not to make it long winded or nothing like that. I'm still under the belief that he was right to fire um, Roy and Ma on the show um, because of you know contractual breaches, whatever the case may be. But I'm also now seven days later that we have more information. Whatever Roy and Ma are doing on their end, they're correct as well. You know what I'm saying? And I think they said something very important in their response as far as like, fam, we actually been after this stuff for a while now. And it just got to a point where it's like, okay, no fam, we got to stop doing this until this part gets right. So I think I understand them not showing up a little bit more. Um, but I think they definitely got to kind of come off of the whole, you know, him keeping the ship sailing. Like I, I understand that, but without getting into details and all of that shit, ultimately again, like, like I stated, it comes down to the, the, the lines were blurred between business and friendship. Um, and I'm, you know, like I say, with them coming out with the response, it is one of those things where it's like, well, what, what's just so I just, I'm still wrapping my brain around what's so hard about just showing them the numbers. And Joe kind of made it seem like, you know, from this, because the Spotify deal is what the issue is clearly. Um, but he he was very very clear like I can't show you the Spotify I can't numbers. but I, I just don't I don't I don't understand why and that's what I was trying to talk to my wife with it about like and and maybe it's about timing of signing the contracts I don't know I don't know if they signed it before or after the deal because clearly Joe was the only person who signed the Spotify deal this wasn't a Joe Roy and Maul signed the spot like no y'all are signed to the Joe Budden Network and in y'all's Joe Budden Network deal y'all get paid off of the podcast revenue which speaks volumes to the name change and them going with the awesome. Joe Budden show yeah. and just pushing Joe I mean well even they talked about even they talked about contractual obligation to the mother guy yeah well even they talked about that being an issue and that's how it ended up the Joe Budden podcast with Rory and Maul like because that was you know the way to to satisfy them but like. Uh, it, it it goes back to um mis miscommunication between all of them. Um I actually like what Parks had to say as far as like fam, none of us are accountants. Like if we have accountants and lawyers, let them handle that. Y'all shouldn't be talking because cl- this is this is what happens because it it 
at that point, it tends to seem personal, especially, like I said, if every time, because we know how much Joe is involved and how much he has his hand in everything. So, like, and that's what I was talking to my brother about. Like, if you're Joe Budden and we we no longer have a deal, but I have 20 employees that I'm not only paying, but giving raises and shit like that. Like, I might be a little bit more stressed than you are just about, you know, what's going on X, Y, and Z. So, when you come and asking me about shit, I got so many other things on my brain. You might get snapped on because this is no again. Nobody gives Joe Budden credit for being Joe Budden. They just like, well, he yelled at me. Joe Budden has been yelling at people for twenty fucking years at this point. Get over it, y'all. He's not gonna stop. He's very impulsive, and even with like he he's he's a walk backer, and I hate his walk backing yeah, right now. His walk, his walk backing so makes him crazy. sound absolutely and then disgusting. Even in his apologies, he still be like justifying himself. Oh, his walk backs. So yeah, he like and will. I don't even I don't even think it's just I think it's him now at the, he's one of those people he can't recognize it in the moment. He needs a lot of people to tell him like no, bro. You missed an opportunity. Like this is and a, a point that I thought about. This is Joe's first time running a team. It's always just been Joe and his manager. Now he has an entire team of people and just like he say he's fucking up in real life and in real time in front of everybody. So like we don't he didn't get a chance to, even though I guess he could have, but like that still would have looked crazy. Imagine how he shut down the podcast for six weeks and never said nothing to nobody about nothing and just came back eight weeks later. We had an issue. I had to fix y'all. We good. Yeah. When yeah, you run an entire that. network of people. So like at this point, he know, they know, we all know he handled it absolutely wrong. Like he absolutely handled it wrong. But like at, at this point, like he, you know, it just kind of is what it is. I don't, you know, I, I think that there's a way to rectify it and fix it, but like, it's gonna take a while for that, and I just don't think it. it, it I don't think I don't Maul think is going back. Myself, I don't think Maul would go back. Period. Um, which you know, uh, uh, it more so hurts me for their friendship versus the podcast. You know, because it seemed like just like I say all the shit they talked about three, four hundred plus episodes. They they let the shit happen, and you know, and like even like I was telling my brother, like what I get from Joe was that everything that he paid to everybody on his entire network was not solely based off of the deals that the podcast got or, you know, deals that are coming in for the network. He may have taken some state of the culture money and, you know, paid for, you know, X, Y, and Z, or he might've taken some uh, pull up money and paid for X, Y, and Z here because I, I, I have no doubt that Maul or Rory's ain't in no conversation of mics and studio and equipment and none of that shit. Like, again, if they are profit partners off of what, the podcast makes they're concerned about the the number that the podcast makes whether that you know and in the entire breakdown which is what their issue is because i understand that nobody can just send you a counting that says this is what came in that's what went out this is what you made <laughs> where did it come in from where did it go out to like i just minute. because i just want to double check and like i say joe's whole thing is you know if okay joe if you are taking money from other places to pay that's cool tell them that like what's wrong with telling them that because if you go in here and be like yo Yes, this looks crazy right here, but look, I did this right here, and this is how you was able to get this and this, or you would have got this, this, and this. And niggas might have been like, all right, bro, that makes sense. We don't even care about that number. But you're just being like, well, accept what's going on there, and that's what it is. And like, no, and just like he said now, you you are just black and white putting it on the table, and you are no longer just Joe Button, the friend, you know, hey, y'all niggas figured out, you know, you're a podcast runner, you're a network owner, like, you you have a duty and a responsibility to explain this shit to your people. And had you explained it, that shit could have been flushed out a whole lot better, and like like Park said, you could just hey, direct people to the right direction, stop, don't, don't leave it up to me, because that's what puts the personal shit in there. 
I don't like Parks agreeing with everything until it's okay to not agree. Like he hey, tends nah, he to agree nerves. with everything until nerves. somebody else gives, like until Ice or Is goes, well, wait a minute, did you consider this? And then he goes, yeah, I agree with Ice and Is. Like, no, nigga, you had an opportunity. Anyway, I want to get on the Parks rant. Here's what's important to all of this shit to me, though. Okay. The, this is the bigger picture to me. The Olivia, the Olivia dope thing to mm. me is way more important than the Warrior Mall stuff because this right here says a lot more about what can happen to this thing, really. You know what I'm saying? Like if, True. If Joe, True. Now I do, I do like that Joe said this week that he's hiring staff, which he should have mm. been did. But should've it's easy did. for us to sit here and say, sitting on our ass, not worried about finances. You know what I mean? But right. This is a good move for him to hire a staff and managers and people that handle this shit because Joe is admittedly not good at it. Right. So for those of y'all that don't know, we are the pod gods. We right. talked about this weeks ago <laughs> when Olivia Dope first left the show. We talked about it and now we finally know why. Well, mm -hmm. the last episode she was on, Joe came down and featured as a guest on the show. During the show, there were several uncomfortable comments made her way about, like, sexual advances, basically. Sexual harassment. A lot of innuendos in there. A lot of, a lot of advances. A lot of, I thought me and you was going to be a power couple. I've been wanting to fuck you. A lot of, a lot of, I'm not even going to call it weird, bro. A lot of out-of-pocket shit was said that was edited out of that show. It was definitely strange. And even the stuff that was kept in was very uncomfortable. Like him yeah. offering to hug her and then winding his hips around. Now, listen, I'm not Mr. Cancel Guy. All of y'all that listen to this show knows that. So I understand in a podcast and entertainment and comedy, if she's okay with it, then this could be a hilarious episode. If she's not okay with it, this show could be over forever. You right. know what I'm saying? Like it all depends on how it's being received. So I, I think anybody with a show, let, let's just be specific with podcasts. Anybody does a podcast with a woman on the podcast in the crew. And this is not me trying to finger point and say women are a problem, but you need to be careful. You know what I'm saying? I think we all know that by now. Like some people are more uncomfortable with having to be careful. Some people are like, no, nah, they got a right to right. be comfortable in the workplace and we need to be compensating of that however you feel wherever you land on that side of the argument is cool but we know enough now in 2021 to know that you can't just be behaving any kind of way and expect that i was just playing to get over in hr like right. i was just playing don't work in hr's office hell no nah. so i say that to say olivia dope came out and expressed why she left the show very specifically this week and she was talking about, you know, how the sexual advances made her uncomfortable, how she felt intimidated in the moment to be okay with something that she was clearly not okay with, how she looked over at her co-host uh, sisters, and they could even tell how clearly distressed she was in those moments, uh, how she had to explain to her daughter at home how this is not how you should be treated in the workplace and how this is inappropriate and how she feels uncomfortable living with the fact that this is out there on the internet now when you search her name and one day her daughter's going to search her name and have to see this shit. And it just made her feel sad. And I weeks and weeks and weeks ago, when we talked about this said myself, like, listen, both them podcasts are trash that Joe Budden got. Oh, we talked mm -hmm. about the trash word, didn't we? Both of those podcasts as an art form were lackluster. <laughs> and, uh, Olivia dope out of all five of those women was the only one that I even halfway liked. 
You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it it was kind of like jarring for me when she left because I was like, well, now nah, I really ain't got no reason to go back because she's the only one I fucked with. Like she was the one that was sticking up for niggas when they when they was having that whole bashing session on men that play video games. And she was yeah. the one that was like, nah, y'all, I get it. Playing video games is dope. And y'all really it's need lit. to get off niggas' backs. So <laughs> anyway, I said that to say, a lot of people have been questioning Olivia and her timing, Wes. I don't know if you've caught any of that wind. And it's like, well, why I is mean, she coming out now? Natu- like, naturally, it's terrible. Joe is having a bad week. Yeah. Is she piling on? Is she trying to make trouble? And I'm just like, well, to me, I think that, that that whole theory would be more valid if she was trying to sue. I haven't heard anything about her trying to sue or nothing. I think, I, th- I mean, the timing looks bad, but to, to kind of the credit of her story with being so uncomfortable, I don't. I mean, and even on the podcast, she doesn't seem like somebody who wants to walk in an extreme light of celebrity. Like, she seemed mm-hmm. like she wants people to know her for what she does. And if you're really into her, like, be into me. And if you know me, you know me for what I do versus just knowing me because I'm Olivia Dope and I'm on a podcast. Like, so, damn, where was I going with that? Now, she's, she seemed really reserved. So it didn't seem, I think you was going where she doesn't seem like she's seeking for attention. That's where it sounded like. Yeah, she don't seem like she's really seeking for, oh, that's where I was going. She doesn't seem like she's seeking for attention. So, like, now that Joe is already out in the media as the, not necessarily the bad guy, but like people are talking about, I, I think it's, it was easier for her to be like, okay, well, shit. Since it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna all come down on me because there's other shit going on with him as well. So like I can share some of it, but I won't take all of it. And this is probably the best time versus nothing going on with Joe. And I come out and be like, he did X, Y, and Z because then right. all of the light is gonna be on her. Yeah. So like I I think that's a part of it. Um, it was it was an interesting. St- Joe was definitely a nasty man in that interview. Um, there's really just, no bro. When I re-listen to it, there's, it just sounds wild. There's no way of around it. Of course, it sounds it. wild now in hindsight. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. It just sounds wild. Yeah, there's there's no way around it. But I think, and I and I don't know whose fault this is in the situation. Like, I don't I don't know if one of the three women that was in the room. I'm sure there was more than three women, but you know, three women that are on the podcast. I don't know if one of them should have called a timeout in the middle of that. And you know, I I'm, said that in because, a discussion with somebody like why I, I just yeah. and I, it's not me blaming either of those women, but I feel like I would have liked to have seen. Let's or, put it that way. I would have liked to have seen them call a timeout. But like, hold on, like this is yeah, because well, they did the same thing when he came in the room and called them bitches. They interjected immediately, like, hey, exactly. whoa, 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 Joe, you and, can't say that to yeah, us. He, that's yeah, he, yeah, he way okay. too spicy for doing that shit. He should, he knows better, and he should know better. Like, bro, cut it the fuck out, fam. Like, you know. Too. You know you don't have liberty to do that, fam. No matter how much you try to explain this or look at every other dude in the room, like back me up. No, bro, it's not. You can't do that, G. As a, as a heterosexual man, I hate to tell you, you cannot walk in a room you, full of women on a podcast. You can't, like, what's up you with your bitches? Do that. Like, nah, but they, why are you crazy? But but then but then they said they broke, and you know she had a conversation with him. I feel like why did you not take that opportunity? You know what I'm saying? Which uh, I. I I don't look at Joe as an intimidating person, so I'm trying to figure out why she didn't feel or why none of them felt because they have no relationship. Able, I think it's well, because and, that, they have and that's no a part. Well, and that's a part of the problem. Um, but then even still, you know, they you know they went in there and they edited and they did whatever, and then they asked her again, and you know, she, I'm I guess I'm really more so interested in the pressures because I feel like she had a lot of opportunity for that not to come out. And I'm going to say it like, I know it sounds disgusting, but I feel like they gave her ample opportunity and she felt pressure. I mean, she said it, people are laughing in the room. Like, it sounds like a great time. Like, so the fuck what fam? Like, and that, that could have been your time to stand on top of your soap. But, but again, I want to know the pressures of how uncomfortable she felt. I'm not saying this, you know, it sounds ignorant, but like, I'm really interested to know 
why she felt like she couldn't have said anything when she was giving two or three opportunities to say, hey, no. And when another one of her co-hosts was like, hey, sis, like the audio might be cool, but like the video ain't so great. Like we should probably do something about that. And y'all, and then you feel comfortable when you got so, okay, well, if that's the case, like raise her hand with you. We don't feel comfortable. Like, and, and again, I don't know who to, I don't know who to blame for that. Like Joe's Joe definitely takes partial blame in that because she doesn't feel comfortable enough. But then again, it goes back to why don't you have a relationship with this woman that you have on oh, your yes, network? Yeah. Clearly it's, it's you're a paying real- her. And then especially you don't, you don't have a relationship and you know you don't have a relationship and you spoke to her that way, G. Are you kidding me? You're the owner. Bro, that's that's some uh that's some like Mr. NBC Pepsi coming CD. downstairs and being like, you got a fat ass in them khakis. <laughs> that's what I'm like, saying. Whoa, like Mr. Pepsi. Mr. Coca-Cola, cut it out. <laughs> okay, so so let me make sure I say this because you my man and I, I know where your heart lies in this, and you're doing a good job of talking for yourself. But I just want to be very, very clear. Like we let alone as men, but me, us as non-victims of this situation have no right to tell her when she should or shouldn't come forward. Like, we get that. We know. Right, right. As We cannot tell her, like, well, you should have said something that day. Like, we understand that. That's why I said I'm interested to, to know why she didn't feel comfortable. Like, her, her re- I heard the reasons that she gave me, but I need to, like... I don't know. Like, I feel like I need a personal call. Like, sis, why? Like, what? Like, what? Did, were you scared? Did you feel like they was going to, like, beat you up? Like, what was it? Like, because I just don't get that vibe from them. Well, she she's not. <sighs> Olivia Dope is a DJ. She's not the type of DJ to be in the forefront. Like, she's not titty jiggling DJ. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? So, and you said it yourself. She, does, she doesn't come across, across as that attention-seeking personality. So, I think... The fact that just being in the space alone was probably uncomfortable for her to begin with, but they sent for her. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, well, if I come out and be the first chick on this all girls show to be like, I'm blowing the whistle. I've been talked to inappropriately. Then she's going to be like, well, I ain't never going to be in the public eye again. And I have every reason to feel uncomfortable about something I already felt uncomfortable about. Like, I feel like that probably would have confirmed all of her fears had she jumped on there and been like, Hey y'all, the boss is talking to me crazy. You know, y'all's beloved star of the show that floats this whole program. Yeah. I don't like the way he was talking to me. Like, I, I just don't think that she was comfortable rocking the boat like that, especially as a new show that was already struggling as it is. And mind you, I think that was the same week they had her. They was bringing on a whole nother group of girls to like compete with them under the same umbrella. Like, so she was already probably feeling the way. And I, I, I guess I said I mean, to say, I guess I can understand some of the pressure she was feeling. I think to try to be okay with something that she was ultimately not okay with. I think this is a good uh, situation to take to like a, a a forum for protecting black women. I think this is a, like how where. You know what I'm saying? Should should this have been recognized? Or you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and especially like Joe, you have to again, you got, Mr. Read the room. You got to read the room. You had to know that that girl was uncomfortable at some point in time because she definitely Why looked and sounded a little uncomfortable at points in time. Like, bro, I have been in situations where I was like, I think I just made somebody uncomfortable, and they wasn't even uncomfortable. Like, but you right, know what I'm saying? I right. can't say just because my antennas work that way that everybody's does. I get that we're all different, but it's just hard to, it's hard to read that. How did you not know she was uncomfortable? Yeah, how, I don't. The way you was behaving for a whole half hour was just so bad, bro. Like it was yeah, just so bad. It was bad. It was bad. No um, bueno. <laughs> 
I don't know. Can we be done talking about Joe Budden for the moment? Of course. That's yeah, it, I, th- right? I, th- I think I think that put a bow on it for the moment. If we if we have sure. to talk about this nigga, I swear y'all getting a Tuesday episode. I promise. <laughs> right. Because we right, like, we'll just have to flush it out top to bottom. Yeah. We'll just no have to more. Do. No more. Okay. What else I got here? Um. Oh, bro. Just for a second, bro. I know we talked about this lightly during the week, but I want to ask you this, man. Is Jordan Lucas an industry plant, bro? Cause that Zim Zima video is just so awful. Like that is, it's such a bad video and song. And the fact that you got Puff Daddy in there, you got Mark Wahlberg in the video. Like, bro, what? Right up, right up there with the Khaled video. George Lopez. We ain't seen George Lopez in what eight years. It got as much. Why did he pick up the phone? Niggas have lost their creative juices in the house from COVID, fam. Like, niggas ain't putting out dope videos or something. I don't Tell know what's going on. Tell me how they got George Lopez on the phone for a Joyner Lucas video. Man, that's that That's that California life, fam. All them niggas be out there in the same... Like, you could, you can only imagine, like, even as big as California Los Angeles is, like, it's only a, still a small group of motherfuckers with a gang of money that be certain places, like, so... They, they just all be in the same places all the time. I'm sure it ain't hard to get to none of the people. And Joyner, I mean, he's a he's a... He's one of those artists that we didn't. Nobody knows his come up. He just showed up one day. Yeah, he just showed up one day. So like he doesn't appear. He He doesn't appear. Boston, I think. Is it Boston? I feel like he's from Boston. I only assumed that because Mark uh, Wahlberg said to him, "Being town." I didn't even piece the two shit together. I didn't piece two things together, but like I think he might be from, which is weird for a black person. Like from Boston. Bobby Brown is the only nigga from Boston, bro. And I forget he's from Boston. Right. I swear he's from Brooklyn. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's just where he got his drugs from. Whatever. Yeah, it's weird, bro. I think we need to start putting that out there now and putting our stamp on it. So when it start coming to light, like we said at first, I think Joyner Lucas is an industry plan, bro. Because yeah. there's no reason to be this out of touch, this corny. And I'm starting to think, I think he's older than he puts on, bro. Like how old has he told us? <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think he said on purpose. He don't never give us. I'm born in 1982. When I look in his face, I get older vibes than I should be getting. Like, I feel like he's an old... I think he's a plant, bro. I mean, I've never listened to an entire song of his, so, like, I, he he keeps showing up for some odd reason with, like, high-budgeted videos. High-budget video treatments where actors are knowing all his lyrics and singing from the perspective yeah, it of was, a Ku Klux Klan member. Like, why are we getting this? It was bad. Why are we getting this? It was bad, bad. I don't, I don't know. I didn't want to talk about that much. I just want to make sure that every episode I tell you all the people that I hate. Uh, nah, that's that's, that's what's up. Now you you told you told me to put a pin in something. We can wrap it here. Um, oh yeah, about, yeah, us, yeah. about us being kindred spirits. Um, and I know I felt like we talked about this last year around the same time. Um, but last week, you know, we talked about my man's birthday. You know, what I'm saying and I think last hey. year when we spoke about it, I was like, you know, I remember Cat's birthday now because his birthday is the same day as my grandfather's. I was like, so that's it's just an easy. You know what I'm saying? Thing for me to for me to transmit my brain to. But then, like, I was telling my wife that I was like, I only remember because it's my granddad's birthday. She was like, you don't even know when your granddad's birthday is. I was like, no. But when my mom says it's my granddad's birthday, it triggers <laughs> it's Cat's fucking birthday. Yeah, See? I mean, I was like, I'm so however. Yeah, but now I remember. I just, I just remember, like, ever since last week, I'll just remember forever now. Um, but then, before, you know what I'm saying, we... 
before we come up here to pod and before we come and shake bag studios, I'd be happy to scrolling, you know, the internet. And it's so fun with you not being on the internet now. Cause you really, I can tell I that you me. don't know in real time and you'll probably get a clue later. Like last week when your wife posted for your birthday, I seen that she gave you uh, the office mask. And I was like, Hey, I just finished potting with a guy who looks just like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's his birthday too. And of course, <laughs> you know, we, we had our laugh about it, but then before we come up here to pod today, I see that today, uh, speaking in pod terms, guys, today, Thursday, is your anniversary. Retroactively, yes, bro, yes. Anniversary. Now, now, circling this back around to the Kindred Spirit thing, we didn't talk about this last year. You never told me. In pod world, in real time, tomorrow is me and my wife's one-year anniversary. Why we don't talk about that? Why oh, we did we talk never about talk about this? No, 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 I don't no. feel like... I feel like we have talked about it because I, I feel remember like we me haven't. and my wife having a conversation and being like, then they got married real close to ours so does that mean like we gotta like celebrate with them or like- that's what my wife said like we just had this conversation downstairs like yo we should probably do like an anniversary thing one day and i was hey. like why did we not know this so real quick happy anniversary to you in real ha- friday absolutely time, ha- right? happy anniversary right? bro black him, today black men do yeah in real time sure. yes sir I, I i don't really <laughs> i always make jokes about my shit right because like the way my shit happens is Mother's Day happens the first Sunday in May, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My birthday is May 13th. So usually that means my birthday is a week after Mother's Day loosely. Mm-hmm. And then exactly a week after my birthday is our anniversary. So my birthday gets outshined by everything. Like Mother's <laughs> Day is more important than your birthday. Your anniversary is certainly more important than your birthday. So I just like to live in the way that my birthday, just everybody just don't pay attention to my birthday. You it's way more trouble pur- than it's worth. You did that shit on purpose. It's no, I wasn't thinking, bro. <laughs> you know how we got our anniversary day. I'll just tell the story real quick and we'll close the show. Our our marriage date was not through any planning, Wes. It wasn't like, bro, May 20th, usually the weather is real nice, or that's the day we met, or 520 is our favorite numbers, or mm-hmm. it wasn't none of that shit. You know how we got May 20th, bro? Mm-hmm. Me and my wife was already engaged and we was going to the bridal expos. Like, you know how they have like these yeah, expos yeah, yeah. where you can go to and uh, find out where you want to get your flowers or talk to the dress ladies. And they be having like coupons and giveaways and shit. And my, my mother-in-law used to do weddings, like do mm-hmm, dresses mm-hmm. and choreograph and shit like that. So she knew like, y'all need to go to these. You will save yourself a ton of money. So we did it. And we was enjoying ourselves. Like, ain't nothing like being engaged and in love and being arm in arm and walking around looking at suits and imagining your special day and what it might be. You know what I'm saying? We even filled out a little ticket for a drawing and ended up mm-hmm. winning a contest <laughs> where they they uh, catered our flowers for free for our entire wedding. Like, it was mm-hmm. totally worth it. So I say that to say we was at a booth filling out shit and, you know, they ask you questions when you go to the booth. Hey! How long you guys been engaged? What's your name? Oh, your dress is so pretty. Oh, is that your ring? Oh, girl. This, this, this. <laughs> and we was at a booth and one of the ladies asked us, so when is the special day? And we both kind of looked at each other and we was like, mm, we didn't have a day. And we just blurted out May 20th. So we just started writing May 20th because they all ask you, I think, to get like a range of like, can they work your event? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it far enough out where y'all can actually work out some business? So we we just kind of decided like, we need to start telling these people something. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So we put May 20th and just based on that, Wes, that's how we got married on May 20th because we started winning shit. People started calling us. We started scheduling shit. And then it just became May 20th. It'd be and like bro, that. I say every year, if I would have known then what I know now, 
There's no fucking way I would have put our wedding in May with all yeah. of this other shit going on already. No way. Yeah, it, yeah it's definitely bad time. And I, I feel the need to share now. Like, I feel like me and my wife went and got married. I mean, because I, I, I mean, I know I told the story before. We had plans. We was going to go back home and do all that shit. COVID happened. We had to shut all that shit down. But like, I feel like we really, really, really went and got married when I unlocked my wife's last level of, oh, this nigga really does love me. I'm realizing now I went and got my tattoo on your birthday last year. <laughs> and I think that really let her know, like, God, like, I, she knew I loved her, but she was like, God damn it, this nigga really do want to marry me. And she was like, let's fucking do it, man. Emotions were high. <laughs> and we fucking did that shit. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. See, there we go, bro. We are kindred spirits. We just be doing shit and shit sometimes works out. So uh, before I get out of here and do our normal outro wrap ups, let's go ahead and officially happy anniversary, babe. I love you. Uh, Here's why I sing a song. Okay, I'm going to sing you this song right here on the air for you for your anniversary gift. All right. Ooh, girl, I want to put my inside of you inside of you <laughs> okay that's all I got for you <laughs> um, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just say happy anniversary babe I don't got no so I'll sing you a sweet song later <laughs> this has been the Drift and Better program man we appreciate y'all fucking with us we might have to edit that out that was terrible uh, <laughs> my name is Kat pretty soon we gonna have new videos up on catandcrunch.com I will be here to let y'all know Right away, we are in the editing process, so it is actually real. We have shot that thing, and that thing is almost ready to go. But while you wait on the series, tell a friend, tell a friend. You can find our beautiful voices each and every Friday, wherever podcasts are consumed, because we love doing this shit. This is a business that me and my friends split 50-50. <laughs> Down the motherfucking middle, you're it's your boy, West No T, a.k.a. Elmer Young. The motherfucking goddamn fool around this bitch. We'll play a partner, P-O-D-N-A, at Forever Young 89 on Instagram. Fuck with me, though. Yes, sir, like I say each and every week. Please don't let niggas be faking my funeral because, I don't know, let's look down the list here and see what I talked about this week. Because them niggas not, might not have really actually liked my song and been telling me my shit is dope. And it was not actually dope. The whole motherfucking time. And y'all already know, number one rule of the program, tell a friend and tell a friend. And number two, mind your fucking business. Mind your motherfucking business. I love that more and more every time we do it. We'll catch y'all next week so we can do it again. You've been listening to the Dipped in Butter program with Kat and Wes. Join them next week for some more regular, degular shit.